I want the peace that those angels promised. I want that peace that those angels promised. In verse 14 of our text from Luke chapter 2, the angelic host appears and says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Oh, how I want that peace. Peace in the Bible doesn't just mean an absence of conflict. Peace is a very special word. In Hebrew, it's the word shalom. It means wholeness. It means completeness. If you were in Israel today, someone would say shalom alechem to you, and you would respond alechem shalom, peace be with you, with you peace. Wishing God's complete, perfect wholeness on another person. That's what peace in the Bible means, completeness, wholeness. Actually, if you were in Israel today, they'd say Shalom Shabbat because it's the Sabbath. May God's peace and wholeness be on you this Sabbath. If I'm honest, peace is rather elusive for me most of the time. In its place is usually found anxiety, stress, fear. All of those creep in a little too much in my mind for me. I don't know about you, you're all clearly at peace. Lots of eggnog already. (laughs) Christmas is a rather stressful time for clergy, no doubt. I mean, ever since I moved down here from Canada, I've had a dream, a dream for this night, that at the end of this night, after all the stress leading up to Christmas, that we would turn on that pool heater And remember, Canada is not exactly the climate we've been having here lately. And I would jump into my pool at the end of the night. And I would live stream it on Facebook. (laughs) And I'd send it to all my friends in Canada and say this line, well, what do you do after your Christmas services? (laughs) At which point I'm pretty sure tonight I will be unfriended by the entire nation of Canada. But I can't really blame Christmas for my lack of peace. It is, for me, something I suffer a shortage of throughout the year. There's a quote I heard recently about peace that grabbed a hold of me. It's from an Eastern Orthodox saint named Saint Seraphim of Serov. And he said this. He said, acquire the spirit of peace. Acquire the spirit of peace and a thousand souls around you will be saved. Acquire the spirit of peace and around you a thousand souls will be saved. I mean, isn't it true? You know those people. I know those people. You meet them. They're just totally at peace. They exude this peace. They're at peace with God. They're at peace with the world around them. They're at peace with themselves. Don't they drive you nuts? But you want what they have. I want what they have. I want the peace that the angels promised. But in order to find that peace, I need to hear the Christmas gospel. That gospel that that angel spoke over the shepherds that night. 
Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that is for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. That's the Christmas gospel, the good news. The good news of great joy, that's what gospel means, good news of great joy. It's a victory being pronounced. And if I want that peace, I need to hear that gospel. You see, there's actually a little flow to the way that scene unfolds. Those, that angel shows up with the shepherds and says what I just said to you. Here's the Christmas gospel. This baby's been born, the son of God in a manger. And then in verse 13, immediately following it, In direct response to this Christmas gospel, the whole army of heaven shows up. That's what verse 13 says. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, that is the heavenly angel army. The whole army shows up and starts breaking into song. It's like the first flash mob ever. The shepherds were dealing with one angel and now the whole army of heaven, everyone's going bananas in response to this Christmas gospel. And what do they say in response? Verse 14, this angel army says, in response to this Christmas gospel, the Son of God born for you in a manger, they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. See, the peace comes in relation, in response to the Christmas gospel. And do you know what the Christmas gospel really means? Do you know what, do you want me to sum it up? Here's what the Christmas gospel is. In one phrase, God has become vulnerable. God, the God of heaven, the God that made the heavens and the earth, God, the real God, God has become vulnerable. Now you may say, I'm not sure I really want a vulnerable God. Yes, you do. And here's why. Two reasons, quickly, two reasons why you and I both need a God who makes himself vulnerable. First, because it's good news of great joy because God has made himself vulnerable like us. Vulnerable like us. But also, it's good news of great joy because secondly, God has made us vulnerable for us. See, he's made himself vulnerable like us, but he's also made himself vulnerable for us. God has made himself vulnerable like us. Good news of great joy. As the new rector here, I've begun the grand project of trying to meet with each parish family face to face. Yes, it's going to take me a long time. It's a big church. Let me put this um, in terms that I explained to my kids recently. I said, the goal, A, is to see all y'all. <laughs> now, you see, I did that. I got the A in there and all y'all, that's called bridging cultural contexts. (laughs) But the goal is to get out and hear the stories of what's going on in the church. What is God doing in your life? And as I've been doing that the last couple months, I've heard some amazing, joyful stories, but I've also heard, as you're not surprised, stories of great brokenness, stories of pain, stories of suffering that is existing right in this room right now. Real vulnerability. You see, the good news of great joy that God has become vulnerable like us is that Jesus knows what you're experiencing in your pain. 
When I sit with a family and they, they share with me their pain and their struggles, because God has become vulnerable, I can say with all certainty, Jesus knows what that's like. You have a God in heaven who knows exactly what it's like to suffer. Look at verse 7, for example, just to give you just a little picture of how Jesus understands our suffering and pain. Verse 7, it says, And she, that is Mary, gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. So just unpack that quickly. Mary wrapped him in swaddling cloths, which meant she did it after giving birth. There was no one there to help. I mean, typically there'd be a bunch of Jewish women around helping out with the birthing process. This is the first century Mary gives birth and she's got to wrap up her own baby because she's got Joseph there. But let's be honest, guys, he's probably as useless as we would be in that moment. Mary had to wrap her own baby because there was no one there for them. They were alone. They knew Jesus was born into a family that knew loneliness. They have to put him in a manger because there's no room for them in the inn. They've got no community, they're poor, they're homeless. Do you grab a hold of what this means? That if God has become vulnerable like us, when we go through our own vulnerability, when we're on our own pain and suffering, which you may be sitting in right this minute. Have you been hungry? So was he. Have you been poor? So was he. Have you been falsely accused? So is he. Have you been sick? So is he. Have you been betrayed by your best friends? So is he. Have you been facing down your own death? So is he. That's what it means that God has become vulnerable like us. Hebrews chapter 4 gives a beautiful description. For we do not have a high priest, that is Jesus, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect, who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And then the response is a call to prayer. Therefore, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. If you're suffering because God has become vulnerable like us, you can bring that to Jesus and he gets it. He knows it. He knows your pain. But not only does he get it, but he's also got you in the midst of your vulnerability. That's what God become vulnerable also means. He's not just become vulnerable like us, but God has become vulnerable for us, for our sake. It's interesting, in verse 11, he's referred to as a savior. He's got to save us from this. It's not just enough to sympathize, but save us. We cry out, save us. And you know what? God heard our cry. He came down. God came down on the person of his son. The angel says, for unto you is born. Unto you. He did this for you. He did this for me. He became vulnerable for us. You see, Jesus looked down with his father and the spirit, looked down over us and saw the mess we were in, saw our pain, saw our brokenness and came to save. I remember as a new Christian, I fell in love with my, one of my first verses. 
One of my first verses was so real and so honest. Jesus says, do not, um, in this world you will have trouble, he said. In this world you will have trouble. I thought, oh wow, he gets me. But he says, fear not, I've overcome the world. I've overcome the world. And see, as he comes down, it's going to cost him everything. It's going to cost him everything to overcome our pain, to overcome our brokenness. He will literally, as the song Clay sang just a moment ago, so wrap our injured flesh around you. Breathe our air and walk our sod. Rob our sin and make us holy. Perfect Son of God, welcome to our world. God has become vulnerable for us, and it cost him everything. I love the Robert Southwell poem that was made famous by Benjamin Britten's Ceremony of Carols, where he says, this little babe but few hours old has come to rifle Satan's fold. All hell doth at his presence quake, though he himself for cold do shake. God has become vulnerable like us. God has become vulnerable for us. This is the Christmas gospel, and here is where I find the peace I so long for. Paul, Jesus is saying, Paul, don't you see? Your lack of peace comes because you feel vulnerable. You're not at peace because you're living a life that feels very vulnerable. I have made myself vulnerable like you. I get it. Bring it to me. I have made myself vulnerable for you. I've poured out my very life to save you. So Paul, hear the gospel and be at peace. As you come up for communion in a few moments, I pray that you'll bring your vulnerability with you. I pray that you'll come forward and bring your pain and your brokenness and your sorrow. And as you come, look at the Christ child. Look at the manger. Look at God become vulnerable like you. Look at God become vulnerable for you. Why lies he in such mean estates where ox and ass are feeding? Good Christian fear for sinners near. The silent word is pleading. Nails Spears will pierce him through the cross he bore for me, for you. Hail, hail the word made flesh, the babe, the son of Mary. and on earth peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.